Hello everyone, I am Fala Shade Anozie and you are welcome to another episode of the SNC podcast, a show helping people better understand the intriguing world of music, arts and entertainment through insightful conversations with African artists, creatives, lawyers, music and business executives. I'm thrilled about this episode because we are talking about contracts, split sheets and some of the previous and recent copyright issues in the African music industry. We're also talking about legacy planning and empowering African artists. Joining me for the discussion is Timitokwe Salami, a Nigerian-based legal practitioner and ECOWAS Youth Ambassador. Temitokwa's practice is focused on intellectual property and technology, media and entertainment law, general litigation, corporate and commercial transactions. He has brokered multi-million dollar deals and advised individual clients, record labels, brands and corporate agencies across numerous countries and continents, including Chocolate City, Sony Music and Midem Africa. Some of Timitokwe's successes include leading a team to negotiate various deals involving numerous clients with Universal Music Group, Empower, Sony, and Sasam, as well as invalidating the alleged murder charge against musician Barry J in Ghana. He has also been recognized by Midem, the world's largest gathering of creatives and creative practitioners, and was invited to speak at the Midem conference in Paris, France. Timitokwe is the founder and principal partner of Whitestone Solicitors and Consultancy, a law firm based in Lagos, Nigeria. He is also the founder of The Creative Yard, a Nigerian creative firm focused on nurturing and guiding creatives for sustainable growth and development in their chosen field. Hi, Tokwe. Hi. Welcome. Good afternoon. afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. How are you doing? Not bad. We're chilling. Yeah, because we spoke yesterday and you had mentioned that it feels like your life is a little bit... Done for. <laughs> <laughs> I heard of before. Apparently, you had, you've also been traveling, right? Yeah. Is it international yeah. or local? Both. Both, both. I just both. got back on uh, Monday. Yeah, Monday morning. Wow. Wow. Well, well, I'm glad to have you here. Monday morning. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for making the time. So... Um, Any, anything for the culture. <laughs> okay, so a lot of young lawyers are starting their own law firms some of them they start their law firms maybe after they've worked somewhere for a couple of years and they say that maybe i don't really like the culture of the firm some people straight out of law school they are starting their own law firm right but you you work somewhere you worked a couple of places for over five years right they're about yeah i I didn't get this information because i'm a cia (laughs) agent (laughs) um before you decided to start your own law firm which is whitestone solicitors and consultancy right and you actually started during covid peak covid i didn't get all this information please really seriously so talk about why did you actually choose to start your own law firm first of all and what was that process like for you starting a business or a business during COVID, yeah. Yeah, so so one thing, I I, I think I need to put something on record and I need to put something straight. So I've always had the opportunity of working in good law firms. So it wasn't as if I was underpaid, it wasn't as if I was not paid well or anything. It was just uh, just my thing. Even right right from onset, the law firm, very good law firm, the law firm that I served as uh, an NYC uh, core member or a youth call member yeah 
I remember, okay, so I was returned after my NYC. And I was, I mean, everything was Gucci, everything was going on well. But then, right from even my service here, I'd always told them that, oh, I'm just going to spend very few years yeah it was a family law firm so i didn't have any reason to even leave when i say family i mean the owners treated me not as an employee but as a brother as a brother but then i mean it's always been like okay uh we had a retreat while i was a core member and i remember one of the partners was oh talk about what do you want to do like and i said uh, i want to do entertainment law i want to set it up for the law firm uh i want to make that a career most of them didn't really understand. Because, I mean, if you're a lawyer, it's either you are, you are in corporate or you are yes. going to court or something. I mean, I am still, and I was still, I was then, and I'm still a very good litigator. Forget the dada, yeah. And, I mean, I was, I was falling in love with litigation. I loved it, you know, going to court, making your point, writing final written addresses, briefs, at a very tender age at the bar, I had I had uh, court of appeal judgments, I court judgments and stuff like that. And but then, like the vision was clear. The vision isn't for my parents. The vision isn't for nobody. The vision is actually mine. So uh, it's permissible for people not to understand the vision. Then from there, I left. I left when I was never meant to leave. Uh, then so I got before, before you go on, like you mentioned about you told the lawyer that you wanted to do entertainment law. What was it about entertainment law that appealed to you as opposed to just focusing straight on litigation? Yes, yeah, so for me, I mean, um, I'm usually a chain maker. I was just like, okay, so people are doing this, people are doing that. What is that thing that you can actually do differently? And because I tell people, I mean, if I were from a wealthy um, not even a very, or a comfortable background, I would have probably studied music or theater art. Because, I mean, right from onset, you know, going to church, I mean, I fell in love with music right from onset. So for me, it was just like, okay, I needed to make that change. I needed to do something that wasn't common. Most people would say, okay, I'm a lawyer, don't worry, yo, we can attend to your matters. But then, yo, man, entertainment law, intellectual property, media law, media transactions, I mean, these are entirely different uh, ball game, really. When I left, I just took up a very short consultancy job, which was not even meant to be short because the, the money was actually very crazy. And I remember, I remember January, I was no longer happy. So the moment you wake up and just realize that, why the hell am I even doing this? I was losing my self-confidence. January, February, I was talking to people that, oh, Mom, I think I want to resign. In all sincerity, I, I, I've never really looked for any job. Yeah, I want to resign. Oh, what will you be doing? Oh, man, I really do not know, but I just want to push my thing myself. Then, between January to, like, uh, first week in March, people I respected so well. They were like, oh, don't resign. You don't have to resign now. Try to save up money first. So even when you resign and things don't go well, six months, there, make sure you have money that you will spend for six months. And I, I realized that, I know now, talk about now you get this dream, like, people cannot be telling you what you should do with, because they are not, obviously, they were not in my shoes. Then I remember that COVID came, boom. Nobody knew now. You know, COVID just came like a time bomb. And I realized, oh, Lagos State Government was like, okay, you people should stay at home for a few days. And I remember I was sitting down in my parlor, 
during COVID. Even during COVID, I was still earning salary. So it's not as if oh, the money thing. I just typed a resignation letter, email, and I sent it. And, and the guy called me about, oh, what's the issue? Do you have? Do you need a raise in your money? Do you need this? Do you need that? Oh, come, let's see. Then I was like, no, 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 I don't need a raise. I was being paid very well, so there was no need for me to even say raise. But I realized I was not happy. People were so upset with me. Oh, why won't you do this? Why would you do that? Blah, 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 blah. Trust me, I, I'll be very sincere with people. That was like the best decision ever in my life. Hi, I want to share with you a little bit about the sponsor of this episode, Notam Expertus Nigeria. They are a promotional marketing and consulting firm based in Lagos, Nigeria. They provide tailored promotional printing services to individuals and organizations across various sectors and industries. I really like that they work with different types of clients, big and small. They actually helped me with the merch for the podcast. I remember speaking with the representative about what I wanted the t-shirts to look like and they were incredibly attentive to my needs. You can actually check out our Instagram page to see what some of the shirts look like. What is also great is that they just don't do t-shirts. They also offer printing production services for materials such as face caps, pens, umbrellas, drinkware, and so much more. So if you are looking for a company in Nigeria to help you achieve your promotional marketing product needs, call them on 0803-257-7980. You can also find them on Instagram at Notam Expertus. That is N-O-T-A-M-E-X-P-E-R-T-U-S. Because I tell people that 2020... I grossed, even to date, my highest income in 2020 during COVID. And what did I capitalize on? I capitalized on the need for services. And I capitalized on the need that, okay, there will be so much services to be rendered, but there will be very limited people to attend to these services. So let me make use of my influence, my network, to make sure that while others are probably trapped in their homes, Observing um, social distancing, washing your hand, blah blah blah. <laughs> let me just make let me just make use of the opportunity to be around. So I was a mobile lawyer, and I was cashing out during COVID. Just uh, and, and why the name White Solicitors? So White Stone Solicitors. White Stone, and, sorry. Um, yeah. So you would realize that in in an atmosphere where a particular set of people, a particular color dominates, yeah. Mm-hmm. When you have a color that is not uh, dominating, you you notice the color easily. I mean, a white stone or a color that is not dominating would be easily noticed. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's really amazing insight. One of the things that people always say is that AI is going to possibly replace human lawyers, but lots of lawyers say that that's not possible because of why the issue of the human factor. And speaking of the human factor... I want to get your thoughts on some of the issues that have been happening both, you know, in Nigeria and across the continent. So the first issue is the copyright infringement battle between, um, what's it called, the two music producers and the vocalist, you know, regarding the song. Amongst creatives. Uh, pretty much amongst creatives, creatives, yeah, but specifically for this, the global song Jerusalem. And for, I think, 
everybody would know that Jerusalem was like one of the songs of COVID. It was like that song of hope. Exactly. Mm, People are dancing. It's that song of hope. Maybe nobody, but then Jerusalem was it. The biggest song. Yeah. So, obviously, uh, for people that may not, may not be aware, the vocalist on the song, her name is Nomsembo Zikode, I hope I got her name right, said that she has not been paid a cent by the label for the song, despite its global success. And then the Master KG, who's the producer, um, said that he went on to tweet that what Nomsembo wants a larger share of the proceeds and according to him, the agreement was that it's going to be 50-50, but she's now saying that she wants to do 70-30. Then now recently, according to the South African newspaper, The Daily Maverick, two music producers have taken Master KG and his record label to court. One of the producers in particular, his name is Int- Intimela Chris Chauke. I hope, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing no, his funny. name. Inshallah. Yeah, yeah. he says that, you know, he was actually the one who created the song. He recorded her vocals, that the guy was not in the studio when this was happening. So I wanted to get your thoughts on, I feel like a lot of times we always have these situations. Oh, and I feel bad because for a lot of music producers um, and artists that are upcoming, it feels like for them, it's like, I don't have any leverage. So, oh, this is my friend. So let me not say anything. Let me not rock the table. But as an entertainment lawyer who's worked with a lot of brands and a lot of record labels, what are your thoughts on this situation? Right, so it's simple. Two things, yeah? But the first one would give birth to the second one. The first one would be structure. You must have a structure. So far or in as much as you are a creative. And when I say structure, the first thing... The first and the most important element will be your lawyer. Not just a lawyer, but an entertainment lawyer. Now, the entertainment lawyer will take care of a whole lot for you. The most important thing the entertainment lawyer will probably do is to make sure that your documentation takes care of the present and also takes care of the future while your interest, 100%, you know, is being protected. If you are the owner of your masters, please guide and guard it jealously. Because you really cannot say what the masters would, you know, be converted into tomorrow. So the problem has always been the structure. And once you have a structure as a creative, I mean, the structure would naturally attract an entertainment lawyer. So imagine for Jerusalem, imagine proper documentation was done. Yes, maybe at the time they were in the studio, no one probably knew the song would, you know, you move that fast. No one knew the song would uh, uh, get, you know, a kind of general and world acceptance. You know, Jerusalem was like uh, therapy. So the therapy, when it came out, the world needed that spirit of togetherness. And that was what Jerusalem, that was one of the things, you know, the song, you know, actually preached the concept of togetherness. The world is going through a tough time with respect to COVID-19. And there is no way the world would survive except everybody bring, you know, their hands together to say, okay, let us defeat this as a team. Yeah, but just to actually kind of go back to your point that you had made about having structure, right, which is the first thing. So the guy, his name again is Intimela Chris Chalky. He said that, according to him, I was told that they would get the paperwork sorted for the rights. I trusted them. One thing about me is that I'm loyal. That's why I stayed quiet for so long because I, know, I knew them for so long. I believed them when they told me they would sort it out. 
Yeah, so it still goes back to that. When you have a structure, there is nothing an uncleared composition, an uncleared music is doing outside, released. No, you should finish your paperwork first. Yeah, a relationship will come in. I'm not denying that. I mean, there are, there are, there are stuff that are just be like, don't worry, you guys can release it. I'm not going to give you an issue. When I'm ready to sign, I sign. But send the document. You need to send the document before the, before the song comes out. So it's another thing for you to send the document. It's another thing for you to capitalize on your relationship. And it's another thing for them to delay the execution of the document. I mean, it's not on you right now. It's on them. So everything, you trusting them. I mean, the the entertainment business, not, not just the music business right now. The entertainment business, it's a very wicked industry. It's a very wicked. wicked yeah, wicked. Meaning, no, I, I, everybody's I, trying to, everybody's trying to, you know, capitalize on their strength over your own weakness. Everybody's trying to outsmart you. Everybody's trying to, you know, outrun you. And this is not an African thing. In fact, oh, it's, nobody, it's, more of, yeah. it's more of an American thing. Those days. They will say, okay, just sign this. And at the end of the day, I think one of the issues we have in Africa that we do not appreciate. So you that you have the talent. In most cases, we do not appreciate our talent. You should know. You should prioritize yourself. You should put value on yourself. Not that, oh, one is coming to sign me now, and because I don't want to lose the deal, I don't want to involve my lawyer, or because I don't want to lose the deal, I don't want to review. Let me just sign. It is one. Yes, you will sign now, but do you have an idea of what will happen to your composition tomorrow? You do not. If someone had probably told uh, CK that Love Wanting would ever in his life catch the smallest fire, he would deny it. Love Entity was an was in an old project. After releasing the EP or the album that has Love Entity in it, he had released another. He had released other projects. Imagine something you released like two years ago coming out now to like rule over the world. Or imagine one of our living legends, um, Obesere. Egugun, be careful now. I mean, imagine when he sang that. And just imagine that when he sang that, obviously he probably didn't even have the masters. The only luck most of them are now having right now is that most people that had their masters, is either they are dead, is either that they don't even understand the concept of the thing. You know, African now, we don't have setup, we don't have proper thing. But trust me, if that Egugun Be Careful had come back like that, if it were to be an American song, that came back like that. The the, the the artist or the owner of the masters might probably not even need to work again for the rest of his uh, life. So in those types of situations, what would you tell uh, an artist, someone who's just starting out? Like you said, make sure everything gets signed. But again, let's say I'm a newbie and you're a music producer and you know he's an investor. I if I'm going to be insisting that I need we we need to sign this, uh, don't nobody's going to want to put me on now because I'm insisting on having you know all my T's crossed mm. and my eyes dotted so the thing is whether we like it or not uh, and i usually tell upcoming entertainment lawyers that there are ways you achieve your goals through diplomacy they will probably think you are foolish at that point but then now you want something now you need to be very diplomatic about it remember we don't have a generally acceptable structure i was on an interview yesterday you were interview and they were like okay how is the entertainment you know, sector in Nigeria fearing. And I just told them, I said, 
is faring well because that is like the only sector that does not have any government interference. Check it out. The creative sector is probably the only structure where governments you know they put I pa 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 pa. But but really, the day they probably wake up to say they want to put I, then we'll be in a very big mess in the creative sector. So if you are upcoming, yeah, you need to be very diplomatic, and of course, sometimes you need to pay your dues. So you need to know the importance of paying your dues. But that does not mean you should sell your soul to the devil. We've got independent artists who are cashing out very well. The reason the world might not know is that they are naturally silent people. They are not the type that will probably buy a Lamborghini today and see it in news in the afternoon. No, 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 no. no. Some of them are very, you know, and they are making mad-ass money. So it's all about, you need to be diplomatic. You need to understand that at the end of the day, you need to pay your dues. No matter how heavy or light the dues are, you need to pay your dues. I mean, it's normal. And at the end of the day, you also need to get an experienced lawyer. Once you have an experienced lawyer, the lawyer will walk you through that process. There's an investor that we don't want to lose, definitely. But then, there's a way you will walk all the parties around that process. And at the end of the day, the investor coming on board is taking a risk. I mean, he's not even sure if the music would you know, blow or not. Something has been happening to the African music sector in like in like three, four months. Like those people that used to probably dominate our charts, they're no longer dominating now. Even if they are dominating, they are dominating with more with lot of where using where to pot it, making sure that oh you are doing. I mean, there's an early status that has been shifting his album, the release of his album till since November last year. Do you know why? Those small small boys that are coming up now. They don't mind benching anybody. They will bench you. They will even be giving you pension. Why? They've learned from the older generation. And some of them are taking, you know, the step. Let me make you some um, boy spice. Sam is lawyer. I'd known the Maven thing had started a long time ago. But we couldn't tell anybody. Why? I mean, it's it's business. Purely business. You don't need to say, oh, I didn't even academy. I didn't even academy. No. There are things you need to do. There are certain trainings you need to go through there are certain places you even need to go before oh they now unveil you to the world same with the latest uh, artist unveiled so all these things i mean we are learning every day but you as an upcoming artist trust me or up and coming artist if you think you don't have leverage you have leverage oh yeah the investor is bringing money but yeah they won't bring in the talent if talent were that easy the investor too should go and sing now she has the money Kind of just kind of going on to um, Portable. I want to talk about the situation that he had with Pokoli and, you know, Kopagidi and all these people. Now, in that situation, you know, the stories that he's being pulled out from the trenches. And again, he has no leverage, right? But has he he left the trenches? (laughs) (laughs) That's the question. Well, okay. But he's living better than he was before. So here he is calling out Pokoli for taking my money or whatever the case may be. My point is, before they release Zaze or Zazu, Zazu rather, before they release Zazu, why don't they just get an entertainment lawyer to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Put it in writing. Because I feel like a lot of times you always hear lawyers coming into the picture when Kasala has bust. The the lawyers are never, in most cases, exactly. The lawyers are never involved from the beginning. Because I feel like, yes, you're an investor. You're the one making, putting the money in there. 
but there is still a way that you can make your money and still be fair to the talent. It's not a, it's not all about taking the Absolutely. money just for yourself. So can Absolutely. you speak about that based on your experience? Yeah. So uh, I said something earlier. You as a creative, you need to put or place a value on yourself. Remember that it is when you know your worth, it is when you place a value on yourself. That is when you can value a lawyer. That is when you can value the duties of a lawyer or maybe the duties of an entertainment lawyer. Most of them, the first problem they usually have is, ah, Baba, our lawyer, that money is too much. Can you help us reduce it? Yeah, the lawyer might be willing to accommodate that. But trust me, there are, there are limits to everything. You cannot tell me to come do uh, a split sheet for you and you're telling me you want to pay me 50000 and for what now? No, it's not possible. So for the Pokoli and the Portable Saga, it still boils down to the structure we've been talking about. It still boils down to proper documentation that we've been talking about. I mean, uh, Portable himself never knew the song would, would you know, go that far. After Zazu, what, 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 other, what other material has he released with that same Zazu effect? Zazu was everywhere. Zazu was in the mosque. Zazu was in churches. Zazu was even with traditional worshippers as well. I mean, it was everywhere. So to me, just imagine that before the release of the song, parties had agreed, parties had sat together, parties had signed one or two things. Even if you don't want to sign a feature or maybe a production agreement, you can at least start from a split sheet. So the split sheet will be like, okay, this and this will be the order of revenue sharing. Now, you as an IR creative, you might not be able to say you want to drop money, but then do you know what it means to say you are posting and you are telling your fans to go and check the song out? I mean, that's, that's you converting your data, that's you converting your network to a very good network. So in most cases, documentation, sadly that they were just, I mean, it was, it was a very messy day. The, the guy that even helped him in the future, at the end of the day, I mean, Olamide might be feeling bad. That, ah, come on, who told me to even help this guy? Because if Olamide probably didn't jump on the song at the time he did, Zazu would have been maybe a national anthem and a month after everyone has forgotten about it. Yeah, I do I do see your perspective. I just feel like a lot of times, because in Nigeria, when you start asking questions, people feel like, what's wrong with you? Why are you trying to do too much, right? So you see a lot of people that they maybe they sense that something isn't really right with, with the entire situation, but they just keep quiet. Why? Because everybody wants to leave the trenches, right? But you're saying that, is if you place it okay so for example look at someone like portable yeah. who doesn't have the exposure to he wants to blow wants to leave wherever he's living in his own mind where how is he going to think about entertainment lawyer so yeah. is, is, is the responsibility now on the promoter and pork pokoli or whoever is produ- producing it to not get the so lawyer involved see i tell people one thing uh, so when you're dealing with someone you are way higher than uh, even if the person, you know the right thing, even if the person probably knows the right thing or, and the person doesn't want to talk because of, mm, and you know the right thing, it is your responsibility to say, guy, let us do it this way. Because at the end of the day, yeah, so I'm going to authoritatively say this, uh, the video, the uh, songs that were probably on uh, Portable's um, channel, maybe, uh, sorry, Pocoli's channel, the videos that were, or the composition that were on Pocoli's channel at a point, 
I actually want to believe that, that. I mean, that guy did it not with any ulterior motive. He only did it because he had maybe higher subscribers. He had some verified account to say, okay, let's put this on this so it can get the, the traffic. necessary traffic. So, yeah, I mean, imagine a uh, uh, portable where they want to, to actually put it up. Yeah, that song might be good, but that song might not move, you know, mountains at, at the date. However, when you're trying to help people, when you're trying to do anything... Just make sure that even if you don't want to give them a contract, yo, we've got social media. I mean, WhatsApp. You can have an agreement on WhatsApp, and at the end of the day, when Casala boss, boom, you just you just bring it out. That was almost the same thing I did during the Rema, the Jenemson case. Apparently, we had sent uh, we had sent um, documents to them. We had even finished or we had concluded negotiations. And now, it is still... So you as an artist, you still need to understand that structure. And you need to trust your structure. I tell artists, you as an artist, you don't have any problem, Then Enter the studio, give us a banging song. PR, anything should not be your headache. It should be the headache of your team. Because at the end of the day, you as a creative, or more, you might be in the studio like this. A pin might drop on the ground or on the floor. You might not get that your vibe back in the next two months. Uh, when Mayokun was making um, that was a particular song he was making, um, I remember the song, but one of his like biggest songs, I realized that it took him, it took this guy weeks, uh, as he was voicing, uh, Betty Butter, yeah, Betty Butter, that song, as he was voicing, <laughs> things were happening, he was leaving, coming back, leaving, coming back, he got it at the end of the day, and the song came out well. What I'm trying to say is that you need to know that as a creative. You must have your limits. Your pro- yeah. Focus on your thing. PR should be the business of another person. Uh, any other thing should be the proper monetization channel should be the business of another person. I'm not saying you should not oversee, but then you cannot you cannot be doing everything and you think that it won't affect your work or anything. Pokoli came out, I mean, he had good motives, maybe, but then it was obvious to the general masses that oh more, if you like say then just don't rip this guy in. And at the end of the day, everybody just left him. I'm not saying portable, I'm not supporting portable, yeah? And I'm not saying portable doesn't have its good side or maybe its bad side. Trust me, just like you said, I mean, this is just a dude that yeah. wanted to leave the trenches, you know, uh, yeah. by and I, I, Yeah, and I want to go back to split sheets a little bit, particularly with the case of Machala and Carter F.A. and Barry Tega. But I'm sure you've seen the video of um, Glorilla. So... You know, a lot of the criticisms is that she brought her friends to come and sign a deal as opposed to bringing her lawyer with her. In these situations, as a lawyer who's worked extensively with a lot of record labels and brands, would you advise them that maybe maybe they should keep off these signings to the confines of their offices and just focus on having pictures on Instagram? Because a lot of times I feel like whenever I see people signing a contract on Instagram and they're popping champagne, it just gives people room to start saying that, uh, oh dear, you're going to get, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, so is it better for them to just keep the signings off Instagram or you feel like it's part of the entertainment business? It's it's part Mm -hmm. of, so the reason they usually call the entertainment business showbiz, I'll tell you the only reason, the only reason is that you need to show before you do that business. So imagine you're an artist and uh, maybe yesterday you put it up that, oh, yo, I just got my, my third house in Banana Island and I want to call you for a show. I know you're not poor to have even, even, even a, even a lie, even even a rent. 
But at least to actually rent a place in Banana Island, I mean, that means you've got, you know, some money. And I want to call you for a show, and I'm telling you that, oh, please, uh, will you do the show for 500K? Ah, when your service charge in a month over there might be even be above 500K. So all these Instagram things, I mean, I let, I usually say, flow the way you want to flow. People that had even signed in their confines of one particular office, they still brought their dirty to the social media. Yeah, but now. I feel like from the beginning, we did not see that. For people that, you know, they bring it from the beginning. For a lot of outsiders or, you know, people yeah. that, it's like, oh, well, what did you expect? You know what I'm trying to no, say? No, for me, for me. So, you know, it's possible uh, for a creative that has good structure to have done the paperwork in maybe in the offices and everything. They won't even see when you're signing. But for the paparazzi's sake now, oh, it could come be like, say, at that time, you just yeah, Meanwhile, like, you had probably signed maybe a month exactly. ago. There, but yeah. So now, the other thing is, sometimes you just need to do some things to set the record straight. So the video on, on YouTube, the question is, who recorded it? Probably YG's team, I guess. Now, imagine the artist probably comes back to say, I did not sign anything. I didn't sign anything. Uh, they forged my signature. I mean, so that the video, it is not for, see, it is for the, it's for the documentation to state, oh, you under you you ever undertake that uh, before signing, you, know, you consult a lawyer. The labor, I mean, the labor can also advise you. Please consult a lawyer, but it's not it's not within the ethic of the labor to be hundred percent sure that you consulted a lawyer. One, you're above eighteen in most cases, and if you come to me now to say, okay, ah, my lawyer has checked this, my lawyer says it's fine. Who am I to call your lawyer to say, guy, are you sure you've checked it? Are you sure it's fine? I'll, I'll work based on the given information. Then, I mean, we'll, we'll kick roll something. I uh, would we'll, we'll kick roll things. However, that style of signing, <laughs> to date, people still do it, even in the U.S., and at the end of the day, they come back to say, ah, I yeah, because because you know, to your point about like, oh, it's not the label's responsibility to double check. So for a label that wants to prevent unnecessary drama and down the line, isn't it just isn't it just prudent to call the lawyer to say, just to clarify that you are good with this contract, so that nobody's going to come and say something, something, something. You know what I'm trying to say? I understand you, but then remember, anybody can be a lawyer. <laughs> the same way. Anybody can. Anybody can be a Buari right now. It's all about, oh, okay, changing the number to uh, President hotline. And, oh, you want to speak to Buari? And I'm placing a call through. And I've gotten one uh, Aousa guy, or maybe a Yoruba guy that would even speak speak like Buari. I mean, I, but, man, I'm saying coming to your office, you know, to do I, that, you know. See, coming to the office, yes, you will come to the office, the yes. Person. You will do everything. You might. You might do everything. But you as a labor, you also need to be very careful. In this African setting, particularly Nigerian setting, before you know it, people will be like, oh, maybe um, the labor was romancing the lawyer, sort of. Yeah, conflict and maybe, of interest. And maybe the lawyer sold out at the end of the day. So all these things. So when you are doing certain things, you just need to be 100, not 99.9, 100% make sure that you are very careful. Yeah. Documentation. Even your relationship with the other person's lawyer. It is not... In my own responsibility, of course, to actually give you a lawyer, yeah, because really, I so I want to give you a lawyer, and you expect the lawyer not to protect my interest, even if the lawyer, if the lawyer is the one advising you. So all these things, we don't have a general formula, we don't have a generic way of doing them. But then you need to flow as they are coming. But one thing, uh, make sure you are not emotionally carried away. Your common sense 
must always remain uncommon at that particular time. Now only you get the sense. Yeah. So you have to do the proper stuff. Our sponsor for this episode is Notam Expertus Nigeria, a promotional communication firm that provides an extensive and innovative range of promotional product procurement services across gaming platforms, financial service institutions, oil and gas, FMCGs, telecommunications, high net worth individuals, among so many others. They are a team of professionals driven by integrity and are committed to activating innovative ideas that guarantee the success of your brand. Some of the materials that they offer printing production services for include t-shirts, face caps, pens, umbrellas, drinkware, and so much more. To find out more about how Notam Expertus Nigeria can help you achieve your custom promotional product needs, call them on 0803-257-7980. You can also find them on Instagram at Notam Expertus. That is N-O-T-A-M-E-X-P-E-R-T-U-S. Now let's go on to thank you for sharing that information. That's really helpful for a lot of um, up and coming artists or maybe maybe artists that are even now maybe looking to lead their label or sign new deals. It's so crazy. Why is why you see documents signed by artists? Sometimes just wanna cry. It's one of the reasons why I chose to become a lawyer, quite frankly, because I hate when you see people get cheated. It's it's like I just can't stand it. So like you know. But, but then some of them, I mean, they really deserve to be cheated. So. <laughs> oh my god! No, no, really, really. So now, uh, um. This will bring me to the Cynthia Morgan. Cynthia Morgan, okay. Cynthia Morgan issue, yeah. Uh-huh. People were, oh, this one, Judas done this, Judas done that, blah, blah, blah. And I just requested for the contract one day. I said, okay, can Most of the transactions, no matter how, how low, it will always find its way around my table. If I be going to Cardona, but somehow, somehow, it shall cross my email. And I remember I was I read the contract and I was like, oh man, yo man, dude, dude is not 40 here, man. Like one, you signed it when you were 18. Sorry, when you were even above 18. So that means you were an adult at that, that time. And if this was done, I mean you had good time with the label. So is it now that you are no longer having a good time with the label? You are now your brain can't open say this thing. Now, one thing where people don't know, or one thing people do not understand is that if I'm a label. And I want to spend money on you. It is natural I recoup my money. It is not my choice to recoup before you get, before you start getting your own royalties, or I recoup, or maybe have a particular cash inflow mm-hmm. for the artist to at least survive. I say I'm not even recouping after the masters. I, I, after all, as a label, in most cases I own the masters as a label. I own the masters. Don't worry, I can recoup after. Whether I like it or not, Odjolet Bar by Whiskey is still making money till today. Whether we like it or not, that the showcase song in those years, I mean, they're still making money. If the songs of them, King Sonia, they can still be making money. Barista can maybe can, can still be making money. Then, yo, what's up with a song released like 10 years ago at most? Yeah. Now, let's briefly discuss the issue between Carter Efe and Berry Tiga, the hit song Machala, and the removal of the song from streaming platforms. But apparently, it's still on YouTube because I actually checked last night and it's still on YouTube. Yes. So, the allegation is that a split sheet wasn't signed and it led to a misunderstanding between all of them. And it seems like someone wants to take credit for more than they did. In addition, someone else, they are also alleging that. Berry Tiga and the music producer X that were the main creatives and all Kata Efe brought was the promotion and maybe some ad-libs. So, 
<laughs> I don't but even know. If Isha contributed, Isha, Isha contributed. Isha. even if it's just a cough, care, care, care. <laughs> It's like, by the way, even the Jerusalem and the second producer, he was the one that said ish, you know, in that song. Yeah, he said that, you know, and he hasn't, he contributed. He contributed yeah, contributed so he needs to get paid. So what are your thoughts on this situation? With, um, so um, I would like to clear something, yeah. And I tell people that, so I can be a very brutal entertainment lawyer, like almost when I'm upset. But at the end of the day, as a businessman, you need to see it. And because of posterity, so when you are not even around tomorrow, people would say something good about you. For Machala, they didn't undo it the proper way. I'm, I'm stating that now. Why? Trust me, when the song finally gets back on digital platform, the song might just be like any other song. You know, the song was almost everywhere then. I did not download the song. I did not even purchase it. But, yo... I sabi the song from me to Z. Why? You are here, you are here, Machala. You are there, you are here, Machala. At the end of the day, I mean, the brain will take it in. Now, for this particular thing, the split, it still brings us back to the split that we said. Imagine they had done the right thing. So let's assume they didn't even do the right thing before the release, because apparently no one knew the song would eat. Now, you released the song, and the song started eating. At that particular point in time, all you should do would be a very understanding damage control. Why? Ah, if you are taking the song off it, trust me, that song might be like, that song might be like the only thing that the contributors needed to climb up at that time. I know how I mean the King Once you have this fan base like this, forget. If if you like, you are coughing, you are still streaming. The money might not be like before, but at least you are getting an income. So for me, for the Manchala thing, yeah, they didn't execute the split shit. Yes, when the music came out. I mean, everybody was just greedy, that's it. Okay, so you everybody was just greedy. You don't need to be greedy at a point. Imagine a producer is saying, "Oh, I need a split for this. I need this for this." If it's somewhat reasonable, if it is somewhat reasonable, yeah, you need to okay, just accept. Why? At the end of the day, the producer will not be the one going to stay to perform. Now, the producer probably only has two or three access to revenue generation as far as that comes, as far as that song is concerned. As big as nobody was. Featuring Joe Boy and Easy, whether whether we like it or not, uh, nobody kind of resuscitated the career of uh, not that his career was a Joe Boy, but you know he brought him back like, hey, Joe Boy, you still have a lot in you. But the question is, how many times did DJ Neptune perform it? I'm not even sure he had the chance to perform it. But trust me, people were calling Joe Boy for shows because of nobody. They wanted him to you know come perform this nobody. So as a producer. Aside from your publishing, aside from your production fee, maybe digitals, which is not even in um, in all cases. Yeah, no, not in all cases. Then maybe sync licensing that still falls on or that still falls under publishing. Still falls under publishing. You might probably not make any other money from that particular material no more. So you need to treat producers well. You need to treat them in the right way. Because at the end of the day. It is the artist that will go and perform the song. The producer will not get a show for producing it. He won't. As the entire album that gave Bonner Boy is Grammy. The key producers on it, they didn't go anywhere to say they want to perform. Aside from the worldwide recognition, yeah, maybe, sure, that's cool. But when a song is out and people are probably, you know, trying to have disputes on oh, this is what belongs to me, this is it. Everybody must come to the table. Everybody 
must agree. You must understand yourselves. You must find a way to accommodate. Why? Because at the end of the day, man, when the song is pulls, down, when the song pulls down, or, or when the song is pulled down, everybody suffers it. Forget that. Oh, one man is online saying, "Oh, I'm not feeling anything. I've gotten X Y percent amount to perform in uh, in Germany." Everybody will feel it. Everybody will feel it regardless. Yeah, I think for me as well, is that people need to understand that maybe you are, as I said earlier, afraid to kill the vibe. You know, you don't want to rock the table, particularly when it's people that you know. But it just always makes sense. You record a song, document it. Like you said, get your split. It, you know, like, if anybody's even finding issues with signing a split, then clearly there's a problem. Because if you create a song, right, you should actually say, okay, Talkboy did this half. This person did this half. Dami did this half. It shouldn't be. It's and like it, be and it, exactly. And if there are maybe con- concerns, you can address it there. It wouldn't be like you're having to address it when Jesus has come, right? And to me, I just feel that we should always find a way to place value on ourselves. I place value on myself. When you place value on yourself, you know the importance of me placing value on myself. But if in a situation where I place value on myself and you are not placing value on yourself, go, 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 go. at the end of the day, you won't understand the reason why I'm placing, you know, value on myself. So at the end of the day, I mean, we are we are getting there. It's it's a moving trend and we hope that uh, yeah. things make sense at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, so I, I asked Miss Oyewale when I interviewed her and I want to get your thoughts as well. Yes, How do we go about, is it educating or communicating to artists the importance of creating a legacy beyond music which is where you know their wills and you know estate planning comes into play because i think that you know for us as africans and let me say nigerians as well because that's where we are that's where we are at or we the country we are in people say ah why are you talking about death why are you preparing for death like don't you want to be alive and then you have the added issue of a lot of young people feeling like understandably so that i'm young I'm going to be alive forever. So why do I need to have to worry about wills and planning an estate? So as someone, again, with all the significant experience you have and what you know and what you have seen, what would you advise? Can I just say that? I don't think it's actually just an artist thing. I feel like it's an African thing. As business people, whatever profession you're in, how do you prepare for your death so that your family, your loved ones are not going to be squabbling or getting into issues that maybe they shouldn't be getting into? So as um, as a family man or woman, in in fact, as a human generally, you need to make sure that there is love in that particular setting. If it's a family... I must be something that ties you guys together as a family. If it is a business partnership, there must be something that ties you guys together. And that thing would be the dream. I mean, if I'm, if I'm coming to you and I realize that, oh, my dream is quite different from yours, I don't have any business dealing with you. Because at the end of the day, you would not understand the reason why I need to wake up 5 a.m. for a 6.30 flight to uh, maybe Europe to come back and still hustling on the road. I mean, you, there, there are so many things you will not understand. Now, for me, creating a legacy, I think, uh, so it's more of educating the creatives. Most creatives, they don't even have an idea about the business part of whatever they do works. They just want to create. They want to be happy. And when they create, when they're happy, they're cool. And they go, they fall sick. Then we start looking for money to say we want to, you know, save someone's life, 
The thing is, what happens to your masters? What happens to, you know, the work you've probably done in a particular industry for 10 to 15 years, 20 years? In an ideal society, when you work in a particular industry for 15, 20 years, man, you are, you are made for life. Even when you leave that particular uh, uh, industry or sector, or maybe when you even retire, something should, there should be something, there should be a structure that, at the end of every quarter, something is still coming, you know, to you. Remember, that is obviously will not be the only thing you are doing. When it's, I mean, our creatives are not going into banking and finance. They are going into proper PR. They are doing this. They are doing that. Why? I mean, they are waking up every day and they are, you know, learning. And there's one thing I tell politicians or people who are close to politics or people who are uh, 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 social uh, social engineers. Let me just use social engineers. I tell them that. The day you understand the, the the concept of wealth and the concept of debt, go and check both, if I'm not mistaken, both ends with TH. The day you understand that concept and principle, then your approach to life will change. So for the debt, for will, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you need to understand the concept of debt and wealth. You need to know that. Or more, that day that you can no longer wake up, or more, you can't even say you are wealthy again. You can't even say you are poor. You cannot even say anything. No adjective to qualify whatever a dead man feels. That's the truth. So, for our creatives, they need to know the importance of building a legacy. The legacy is not really about the money alone. The legacy is for the name. The legacy is for the generation. How do you monetize what you, all the, the work that you're doing? The legacy is for the culture. How do you monetize? How do you do this? How do you do that? Oh, okay. If a church comes to say they want to use my song, no, don't don't collect one error from them. Give them free of charge. I mean, you need to put things in place. It's like putting your life in place when you know you are no longer there. This is how I want you guys to you know to do with my life. So it's just about making sure you're doing the right thing and don't think that you just understand that death is inevitable and whether you're young or old, yeah. And so today, if, even my mother and I, we have this discussion. I tell her that, okay, this is where I have all these passwords saved. She's, I'm like, I'm not praying to God that I die. I want to live long. But you just never anything know. Even my brothers see, or my father, I'm like, this is where I've saved these I things. Was, anything can happen. I was, I, I was speaking to someone yesterday in Holland. And I was like, ah, man, some of us, when we wake up daily, like we wake up depressed. That's the truth. And we, we wake up depressed, not because we don't have stocks working for us here in the country, not because we are doing bad, but because you wake up to uncertainty every day. I mean, not no bad will come to your family. Good. But what of the people that stuff are happening to, that we are seeing? I saw yesterday, somewhere in Bonu, a guy, uh, someone bombed him. And everybody was, you know, pressing the guy on social media. Oh, you saved like 200 people. Must we get to that level? Must we get to that level? In a year, they will forget. Okay, the woman that uh, helped the entire country in uh, Ebola fighting. Where is she today? Where's her family members? Yeah, well, her legacy will live on. Now, I think it's a nice segue so. to the work that you're doing with your creative firm, The Creative Yard. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, can yeah, you talk yeah. about what that is about and what you're yeah, trying to so do? so for Creative Yard, I, I mean, I've been able to realize that. So that Creative Yard has actually moved to another thing now called the YDX. So... The YDX. The, the YDX. Okay. I mean, if you are good in uh, further math, yeah, you know yeah, that the YDX one. is like, eh, the formula. Now... Uh, for Creative Yard or maybe for DYDX, it's just simple. Talent alone, no matter see, no matter how highly placed you are, talent alone would never sustain you. 
You must have a good human relationship. You must understand why you are in the business, why you are in the game. I mean, as if talent could save uh, people, talent should have saved R. Kelly. I mean, that was like our role model while coming up. But then, nope, talent has not saved them. Talent will not mean, oh, you cannot do wrong. Talent will not say when you do wrong, people would, you know, overlook it. No, people won't. If you need education, yeah, come in. So everything is kind of intertwined together. I mean, the, uh, creative is creative yard is doing cool, but the YDX is like the train of creative yard, mm-hmm. meaning doing things that creative yard isn't even doing. Yeah, no, that's really good. Like, I'm, it's great about pop education, you know. So that's amazing. Now let's go on to the fun random questions. Are okay. you ready? Mm, I think I'm ready. Let me first. Okay. I'm not right. good at this part. Really, it's okay. Then, now you see. We'll find it exactly. So first question is, I so I saw this on Twitter yesterday. It was trending, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna ask this question. So the first one is, out of these four vocal artists, right, which of the following has to go? So remember, we're talking about vocal artists. So the option is... Go, you know, meaning delete. Yeah, delete. you got to go. You got to okay. after the list. Like, you got to de- de- exactly delete. <laughs> I love that. So the options are Beyonce, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, or Adele. Uh, okay, well, Whitney Houston is already gone now. <laughs> no. Let's, <laughs> let's yeah. imagine she's alive. So I, I, I would, I mean, I would, um, I would pick Beyonce. To go? Yeah. Okay. Second, co- okay, and are my reasons. What are they quickly? So, Whitney Austin, Mariah Carey, Adele, Adele. Uh, I really okay, maybe Adele might belong to the class of Beyonce, but then whether we like it or not, these three people uh, they sort of served as at least the two people they served as foundation. So, it's normal for people coming now to do better than. But then, if people that did it earlier, if they didn't do it at all, you might not, you might not even discover your path. Fair I'll point. Okay, second question. What is your biggest fear? Uh, uh, well, so my biggest fear naturally is uh, to lose people who are very close to me. I mean, I pray I survive it. Really. Third question. If you could only do one for the rest of your life, which would you choose? What's that? Laugh uncontrollably or cry uncontrollably? No, no, laugh. Laugh. Okay. Fourth question. What is the best piece of advice you have received at least at least thus far? I've not received any. Okay, no, that's fine. Final question. No, uh, you know I mean, one more poor. So in most cases, you're the one still pushing yourself. Ginging yourself, to, yeah. So. Okay. Final question. What are two songs that you must sing along to when you hear them? Lie by Keith Daniel. Because my producer produced it. Buga, my kids, Daniel, my producer, producer. Okay, I'm gonna. Adv- but I want on two, Sean. It's okay, just to advocating for your project. I love it, love it, love it. That's okay. awesome. Now, any parting words, Timmy, talk about before we wrap it up? Yeah, so um, thank you very much. For me, never limit yourself. I mean, regardless of anything. And do not make the mistake of letting your background affect your, your push. Because the moment your background starts affecting your push, uh, you're gone. Oh. I mean, that's the thing. You're gone. But you might not know, but really, you're gone. That's it. And for people who want to find out more about you on social media, where can they find you? I, I think I'm more active on Instagram with the Andu, the Tokwe Salami, capital D, Tokwe Salami. Okay. Well, Tokwe, thank you so much for your time. 
A big, big thank you to Temi Tokwe Salami. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at D Tokwe Salami. That's the letter D T O P E S A L A M I. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, I would really, really appreciate you taking a few minutes to please rate us on your favorite podcast platform. It helps the podcast get discovered by more people. Thank you so much. This episode is produced, edited, and mixed by Falashade Anosier. Damilola Agboola from Wida Lagos served as our audio engineer. The show is powered by Nonconform Productions. Theme song for the show is by John Akinola. You can check out the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the SNC Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>